Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. Wisdom is living well in this world. It doesn't mean that everything goes well for you. It it means that whatever life is throwing at you, being able to live well through that experience. For what could be more foolish or weak or despised than a crucified man? A man dying on a cross in disgrace. And yet 1 Corinthians says that Christ has become for us the wisdom of God. Thanks for joining us. Proverbs 18 verse 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Luke 5, verse 17 to 20. On one of the days whilst Jesus was teaching, some proud religious law keepers and teachers of the law were sitting by him. They had come from every town in the countries of Galilee, Judea and from Jerusalem. The power of the Lord was there to heal them. Some men took a man who was not able to move his body to Jesus. He was carried on a bed. They looked for a way to take the man into the house where Jesus was, but they could not find a way to take him in because of so many people. They made a hole in the roof over where Jesus stood. Then they let the bed with the sick man on it down before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Hello if you're in the room, hello if you're up on the balcony, hello if you're online, hello if you're catching up a bit later on. So many hellos. Um, My name's Alice, I've got the privilege of continuing our series looking at the book of of Proverbs. There's a book in the Bible, if you've not come across it, that uh, is just full, full to the brim with truth and wisdom uh, to help us live our lives well. Living a life that loves God and loves people well, a tagline we're familiar with, right? And that's what we're going to look at today. What does this wisdom literature teach us about friendship, about loving one another well, loving some of the people closest to us? Youth, great to see you here. Well done for surviving a week back at school. Check your WhatsApp. There's some questions to keep you engaged as well today. So uh, good to have you here with us in the room. The book of Proverbs says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You learn about the highs and lows of friendship right from the start of life, don't you, in school. I'm sure I learned more than anyone how to handle friendships and the fallouts better than I learned algebra. I was definitely better at it. But does anyone remember these from school? I hope there'll be a picture appearing on the screen. For those of you that aren't a child of the 90s, You'd keep one half of this necklace for yourself, and then you'd give the other person to the person you classed as your best friend. But I remember a particular time when two different friends gave me one half of these. Greatest honour, but logistical nightmare, and the greatest challenge was to remember which one to wear on which day that wasn't going to cause a diplomatic incident. So why do we bother with friendships? Don't we just learn right from school that they're a lot of hassle? Well, my news for you is that we are wired for a relationship. Not just Facebook friends and Instagram followers. And in fact, while social media has connected us to a wider group of people for a longer period of time, it's given us more friends. Research has shown that the more time we spend on it, 
actually the more lonely and isolated we feel. And we know that the health implications for loneliness are huge. Statistics around rising numbers of loneliness in our communities uh, make for really uncomfortable reading. Why is loneliness so destructive? Because from the beginning of the Bible, it says it's not good for man to be alone. That includes women too. (laughs) That's what God said in Genesis 2 when he looked at Adam before he'd made Eve. These beings I've made for relationship and community, they can't flourish in the life that I've given them on their own. You see that God made us, people kind, in his image. We reflect him and his nature. And what does he look like? Well, one of the best pictures I ever heard painted of the Godhead, the Trinity, um, was from a theologian called Michael Reeves. He described the three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as three persons caught up in loving one another. That there was this integral relationship that made them one, that we, as an outpouring of this love, that we get to reflect and get caught up in two. Now, this is not a discussion about the Trinity, and that picture obviously falls short in many different ways. Um, But for me, it starts to paint a picture of why it is that friendship is so important to us. Why it's so important to me. Because I'm reflecting the Godhead whose very nature is relationship. Another wisdom book in the Bible, uh, a book called Ecclesiastes, describes the importance of relationship. By yourself, you're unprotected, it says. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. With a friend, you can face the worst. It's not good for man to be alone. So what is friendship? Mary Ann Evans, who you'd probably know a bit better by her pen name, George Eliot, described friendship in the following words, and she clearly had the best friends. The inexpressible comfort of feeling safe with a person, having neither to weigh thoughts nor measure words, but pouring them all right out, just as they are, chaff and grain together, certain that a faithful hand will take them and sift them, keep what is worth keeping, and then with the breath of kindness, blow the rest away. Now, there's someone that I've had the privilege of watching quite closely during COVID because she happened to live with me. Um, And I watched her do friendship so beautifully and I benefited greatly from her friendship. And so I thought I'd ask her just to come and share a little bit about her thoughts um, on friendship. So I hope she's going to come up and join me. Give her a round of applause. Is that better? We were debating the distance and, and the need for glasses. <laughs> so Alice has asked me to talk a bit about the blessings and joy of having friends and also being a friend. Well, I could go on for a very long time about this, but don't worry, I'll try and keep it to five minutes. Um, I never had siblings growing up, so at times family and at times family life is tough for me. So friends have been more like family and a huge blessing to my life. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I know this to be true when my friends have been been with me through difficult times. Now the first example that came to mind when I thought about my wonderful friends is actually a bit of a mixed one. I was at uni and I'd received some sad news at my 21st birthday party. Sadly, my granddad had passed away and it was all a bit of a shock. 
I managed to tell a friend who then went immediately to get my very best friend, Rachel, the one who would know exactly what to do in this situation. Now, I have to say, she didn't know why she was being summoned to me at such short notice. Probably thought it was to fix my hair for the party or maybe eat some birthday cake. However, she took a really long time to come upstairs. Really odd, I thought. Turns out she'd been in the middle of a really funny story, captivating the room at the party, and didn't want to have to skip to the punchline too quickly. But obviously, when she found out the gravity of the situation, she was wonderful. Her and a couple of other friends kept, sat with me that night, laid with me, cried with me, prayed with me, and I've never felt more held. Sometimes we need our friends for one-off events or when something big happens but often good friends are with us through ongoing situations. I've known steadfast support from friends, um, particularly in helping me to support my mum. She has ongoing health issues, which have, has included time in hospital. As my parents are separated, they've been a great support for me. Um, I've particularly found that this is a way friends can share the burden with me, whether it's through taking calls from the hospital, loving me in practical ways, ringing the hospital when it was too much for me, filling in endless forms, cooking delicious meals for both of us, or just being a really understanding shoulder to cry on, especially ranting, um, allowing me to rant at them down the phone with my phone on loudspeaker and providing light relief with always providing a laugh. Author KJ Ramsey writes, we don't need fixes, we need friendship. We don't always need a list of tasks, but we need tenderness. Sometimes before our bodies are ready to receive scripture as solace, we need to experience the truth of scripture embodied in the syllables of shared sighs and tears, someone sitting with us in the darkness, ready for when the light feels real enough for us to rise again. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When I felt most alone, my friends have been the representatives of Jesus, weeping with me, sighing with me, and reminding me that he will never leave me or forsake me. As well as being on the receiving end of so much amazing kindness in friendship, um, it also brings me joy to have the opportunity to be a friend to others. I've learned that whilst my banana bread can cause some a lot of joy, it can, I can only be a good friend with God's help. He's taught me that I don't have to have all the answers, the fix or the magic wand. He's all my friends need. Sometimes friends have needed a safe place to cry or be angry, sometimes sitting and listening and often providing endless cups of tea can be just what's needed. And the joy is that God's grace is so much bigger than we can imagine. So even when things feel big, and life is really tough sometimes, giving my burdens to my saviour and my friend is the best thing to do. For me, this could look like offering hospitality through practical ways, um, like meals um, or a place to stay, but sometimes just being a really safe place for people to come to. Um, for example, um, I spent, every year I spend a day with my friend on a really tricky anniversary of a death for her. And we spend the day doing whatever that looks like for her, whether that's going to a coffee shop and just having a nice time, or whether she just wants to cry together. Sometimes it can be hard, but 
being a friend means, some, means sometimes we have a front row seat as to what God is doing in people's lives and what a joy and a privilege it is to journey that together. Mm, yeah, thank you, Hope. <laughs> let, me, let me just carry that huge rock you're carrying. <laughs> so how do we actually do this? What does it look like? Well, people have written books, released podcasts, sang songs, even released successful TV shows looking at friendship. Does anyone else default to friends when they've run out of Netflix scrolling? Um, but whilst cu- culture recognises the importance of relationship and connection, a lot of time that relationship is based on the fact that you also fulfil my needs, right? You meet my needs and you complete me. But the type of friendship that Jesus calls us to... Uh, It's one that actually takes the focus off of my needs and calls us to something that turns us outside of ourselves. It causes us to love. John 13, verses 34 to 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John 15 Verses 12 to 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. The calling of friendship for a follower of Jesus is one who loves, even to a cost, Because the truth is, friendship is hard work, like Hope's described, and at times really costly. Deep friendships take a long time, involve sacrifice, will often involve getting hurt or hurting others. Now, I'm not talking about relationships that take, 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 and that turn our eyes away from Jesus or attack our character rather than help us grow to be more like Jesus. That's not friendship. But there are so many beautiful pictures of friendship in the Bible, The story that God kept bringing back to my mind when I was thinking about this was that story that we heard earlier from Luke of a group of friends recognising that they loved one in need and carrying him literally in his bed, even making a hole in someone's ceiling to get their friend to Jesus. They were literally describing what Hope uh, talked about earlier, sharing one another's burden. This man was not a burden, but the situation he was carrying was. And he was having to carry it alone until his friends came alongside him and carried it together. But they realised too that they could not carry it, that this man, that they all needed Jesus. And so they, put him, they brought him to the foot of the one who was his true friend. And did you see there was a group of them? Not one person could be this man's best friend. He needed to exist in a community. Different friends will inhabit different spaces for you. If you're looking for the one friend that will meet all of your needs, well, I'm sorry, you're going to be disappointed. No one relationship can be our everything. Even marriages. Marriages are not the pinnacle of friendship. You can live without sex, but you can't live without relationship and intimacy. There is a beauty of a friendship in marriage. The two overlap so beautifully. But if we want our partner to meet all of our friendship needs, if we want them to be the only one for us to meet everything that we need, we're going to be onto a struggle and we're going to be let down because we are going to need the friend who sharpens us like iron, like it says in Proverbs 27, loving us too much to let us stay in the place we're in. 
or brings wisdom as we walk with the wise, like the person described in Proverbs 13, or the one who sticks closer than a brother, the one in Proverbs 18. The friendships that model this in my life have not happened overnight. They have been fought for and prayed for. Some of these friends I've actually had to pray into my life before they came in because I could see there was a need and I needed God to bring someone into my life to meet that need. Because there will be times where we can carry like those guys in the story and bring our friends to Jesus. Maybe not so much through a hole in the ceiling. Please don't do that in our flat. (laughs) But there will be times where we need to be carried, where I need to be carried. Can I still be a friend when I need to be carried? Well, I think this story says yes. Because you see, in this man's weakness on his bed, Jesus was glorified. There's a preciousness to friendship that even happens when we're the one needing to be carried, even in our pain and our struggle, when we allow friends to walk alongside us in what we're going through, when we're honest with the reality of life, the dirt and the grit in our weakness, we actually point those around us to Jesus. In carrying their friend to the feet of Jesus, this group of bed-carrying souls had been brought into the presence of God Almighty. They wouldn't have come to Jesus if they hadn't been so desperate to love their friend. And this has been a lesson that I've been really confronted with this year in having to attend the funeral of two of my friends. I realised that actually being in party to their journey, in loving them, even in their suffering, I too am brought to the feet of Jesus. And this message feels particularly significant when we're mourning the death of our much-loved Queen Elizabeth, who once said, grief is the price we pay to love. The grief that we are now walking through as a nation, even if, either in response to the death of Her Majesty or remembering those that we love who have died, is a price that we pay when we love. And sometimes it feels too much to bear. Sometimes we can only bear it together. Sometimes we have to bear it together. But would I have traded in this grief to never have walked alongside those I call friends? Absolutely not. Maybe this depth of love, of friendship, is something that you're desperately craving today. We know that COVID has really brought to our attention what isolation does to us. Maybe you're one of those people that's wrestling with loneliness. Well, welcome to a community of people who, however imperfectly, (laughs) because we do do it imperfectly, are committed to loving God and loving people, to act out the friendship that we have received, that we have heard talked about today. It's talked about throughout Scripture And then most importantly, we'll be a community that points you to Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords who died on a cross and rose from the grave, taking the sting out of death and calls you by name, saying, greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friend. Let's pray, shall we? I'm going to invite the band up to come and just lead us in a time to reflect and respond to that. Lord God, don't let us pass by that that statement that you said that has such power that in laying down your life for us, you've redeemed us, you've saved us, but also you've called us friend. And there's a depth to that relationship that just continues to grow and grow and grow as we journey this life that we're living, as we journey together. For those of us who this has really hit hard today, who... um, yeah, just needed to hear that today, Lord. Draw alongside, draw alongside them in the community that we exist here today. Draw alongside them and teach us how to love each other well. 
knowing that we were loved first by you. Amen.